Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Don Rico DeCastro, and you are tuning in to the What's In Your Case podcast. Our guest today is a singer-songwriter, short film music composer, and, as they say, an audio enjoyer, a fellow ukulele player in Sacramento music scene, my friend, my guest, Sam. Or as they're known, still Sam. Hello. And Sam, how long have you been performing in front of people? In front of people? That's a good question. I think I started performing at, like, in middle school talent shows. I think that was, like, my first memory of performing solo and with songs that I chose in front of an audience that wasn't a church. So that was, shoot, how long was middle school? Um, Since... Probably a lot longer for me than you. (laughs) Probably like about 12 years, I would say, give or take. Do you remember what the first song you ever performed in front of people was? I think it was Tomorrow from the musical Annie. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. I know October 19th, 2022, you were one of the featured artists for the Songwriter Circle Showcase. And that's when you debuted some of your originals. That's right. Yeah. I know that sharing covers and originals is a little bit different. There's not so much an expectation of what it should sound like when you're sharing an original. How did you feel when you were sharing your originals and performing them in front of people? Well, the Songwriter Showcase was a debut set, so I had never performed originals in front of an audience before that. And it was a really enlightening and eye-opening experience, especially as a singer-songwriter. Getting feedback on something that I've created musically was very refreshing. And I definitely get a lot of positive feedback on my originals when performing at venues now, especially Fig Tree. Even Father Josh at Fig Tree told me the other day when I was performing, he's like, the covers were great, but the originals were just magical. And that was just very reassuring and encouraging for me as a songwriter, because I was like, wow, people actually enjoy my music that I've created and resonate with it. And it's just a whole different feeling when sharing something that you've created. And what do you typically write for your songs? What do you really draw your in- your inspiration from? Ooh, that's a good question. Definitely just like my everyday experiences. And I think that in a way, I channel my higher self, or this is kind of like woo-woo, but in a spiritual way, I feel like that's how I express myself authentically. So I feel like through songwriting and through music is a way for me to express myself in a way that I wouldn't be able to with words. So I definitely draw a lot of inspiration from spirituality and mindfulness and just my everyday experiences. Like when I'm writing a song, I don't really think about it beforehand. It just kind of like comes through. And how many instruments do you play? Currently, only two, which are piano and ukulele. I'm trying to start learning basic guitar chords. I took a guitar class when I was very little at like summer camp. And then all of my chord knowledge left me. And the difference between ukulele and guitar is is a lot more difficult than you would think. Yeah, currently only two, piano and ukulele. And I started playing piano first when I was like in first grade. I remember like as a toddler, I had like this piano, like baby, little, little people 
piano, some some baby toy piano. And I felt like so drawn to it as a toddler growing up in church and stuff. I was just like really fascinated by the piano. So I asked my mom to get me lessons in like first grade. And then (laughs) my lazy ass kind of like stunted my growth in a way because like only after playing piano for like a year and a half maybe like I I decided to quit I feel like if I didn't do that at such a young age then I would have been so much better at piano but I picked it back up in like eighth grade because my voice teacher told me she's like you'd be so much better musically if you were able to play piano and just like know what notes you're playing and just be more mindful of music in general. So I picked it back up in eighth grade. So at that point, I was just like intermediate level and I just learned to play chords. And that was a game changer for me, especially being able to play covers and make songs with chord progressions. I'm like, okay, if I just know how to play basic chords, then I can play any song and I can make any song. It's just like so much simpler than like having to read sheet music and understand theory and all that jazz. (laughs) So (laughs) I I went on a long tangent, but piano and ukulele, those are my, yeah. And which of those instruments do you find it easier for you to write your songs with? Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like probably piano because with ukulele, I only know basic chords. So when I write songs on ukulele, they're the same few chords, but I feel like I'm able to be more creative on piano. Have how many more octaves? (laughs) Like, Like eight or something? So yeah, definitely piano when writing songs. And you said something that resonated with me. Guitar, ukulele, they're not the same. And How do you feel when people call the ukulele a tiny guitar? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Or even like Hawaiian guitar. I'm like, bro, what? (laughs) But (laughs) it's so silly because they're definitely two different instruments. They're definitely similar. I mean, they're string instruments. But ukulele, as you know, is only four um, strings and two octaves. And guitar is six strings and I don't even know how many octaves. And the like the hand positioning on on ukulele is so much simpler than they are on on guitar. And especially if you have like small or chubby hands, like it's so much harder to maneuver around finger placements with guitar. So I don't know when people tell me that ukulele is like a mini guitar or, oh, you play ukulele. So guitar must come super easily to you. I'm like, no, bruh. I'm really, (laughs) I'm really struggling. But I mean, I am forever a student. I will always continue to learn and try to improve as a musician. So this is just part of my journey. But I just feel like ukulele is just so much easier to pick up. So if you're a new artist, and you're like looking for an easy instrument to play, definitely pick up ukulele. Now, a lot of people that I talk to and interview, name their instruments. Do you name your instruments? No, I don't. I never even thought about that. I have two ukuleles. One was my first one that my mom gifted to me. And then the second one was one that I got in Hawaii. I just kind of think about them as they are like, okay, this is the one ukulele and this is the Hawaii ukulele. Man, I never even thought about naming them. Maybe I should. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you do, I definitely would like to hear the name sometime. Do you have a name for your ukulele? Oh, yeah. That's Sumagi. 
Sumaki. That's awesome. It's named after the little girl character of Sweet and Lightning that does the shark song. Nice. Now, I know you're a regular performer at the Fig Tree Art Music and Coffee Lounge, but recently you've been expanding to play at different venues. When you're playing at these different venues, are you noticing that the audience is reacting differently than what you're used to performing at Fig Tree? Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like I've become a regular at Fig Tree and I've gotten like very comfortable and used to that crowd. Performing in other places, you don't know what to expect. I performed at Mojo's Cafe for the first time last month and I didn't know what to expect. It was a different setup. We were outside. I had to bring my own music equipment. I had to prepare a two-hour set for the first time, which I was not prepared for. It was received well. I feel like each venue has their kind of target audience and different crowd. So Mojo's crowd, it was still in Roseville, so it still had that similar kind of demographic. They were like eating and doing their own thing, which is kind of similar to Fig Tree. But if you've ever been to a Fig Tree performance, it's definitely more loungy at Fig, whereas like Mojo's is a cafe. So people are going there to get food and coffee and then like, oh, there's somebody on the patio that's making sound. It's definitely something to get used to every time you go to a new venue. I've only performed at a couple other venues besides Fig Tree. You just got to go in there with a, an open mind, open heart, and just give it your best. It's definitely different, though. Now, you and I have talked outside of this podcast, and you'd mentioned that sometimes you play at the church, and I forget the ladies' band, so I'm just going to call them church ladies' band. <laughs> the two women that you met at the Fig Tree from performing, I know that you were involved with the band called Subtext. For you, what is it like playing in a band setting, collaborating with other people as opposed to performing on your own? Yeah. Uh, well, those ladies are the lounge birds. They're terrific ladies. But performing in a band setting is a lot different than performing on your own or collaborating with people creatively is a lot different because when you're on your own, you have full creative freedom without input of others. But when in a collaboration setting, you definitely have to be open to other people's creative input. And it's literally what it is, a collaboration. So there's compromise, there's a discussion, there's also it can open up a lot of possibilities that you wouldn't be able to have just on your own. Because me, I only play two instruments and I sing, but like being involved in subtext, that really opened me up to having a bassist, a guitarist, percussion, like more audio availability. So it is definitely different than being on your own. Definitely a good experience to have. I think that collaborating with other musicians really helped me as a musician, really showed me like the work and the effort. And I keep using the word collaboration, but it's, it's literally that <laughs> like all of the the work and everything that goes into being in a band and being in some music collaboration project. Because you never really think about it until you're in one and you're like, wow, this is like trying to manage a friendship and a business at the same time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's especially hard when you're in a band setting with other adults that have different schedules, trying to find the same schedule to practice or even perform together. 
oh my gosh, that is like the most daunting task of it all. It's just like, when are you free? When am I free? Um, yeah, probably next year between these two hours. Like, it's crazy. So October 14th, 2022 was when you actually made your music Instagram account. What was your thought process in creating that account as opposed to keeping, you know, the one that you've had forever? <laughs> wow, I'm surprised you even knew like the release date of my Instagram. I guess you could just look like literally look at the first post. I have my personal account that I've had forever and I just felt like I wanted to keep that personal and there were things that I wanted to separate between my personal social life and music. And I'd been planning to create a music account specifically for that for a while. I was like, I think this is the next step that I need to do to really step out there as an artist and like have a platform for people to reach me on as a musician, for me to focus solely on music on that account. So like my algorithm on that account is always giving me more suggestions of different musicians or like giving me mutual friends that are also musicians, but like keeping my personal account personal and then having the music account specifically for music is just really organizing the different sides of me. And I think it has really stepped up my networking game. Like I've all the musicians that I I vibe with at Fig Tree. I try to follow them with my music account. I'm planning to post more reels and make more content for that. So that definitely improved me as far as like marketing wise, you know. So moving forward, what do you think your goals are for music? I recently graduated from ARC as a commercial music recording major, and I'm going back to take more recording classes because there's always more to learn. But I want to take the skills and the knowledge that I've gained from my collegiate experience and apply that to my own recordings at home. I, So far, I only have one microphone and a Focusrite Scarlett and Logic and GarageBand. But I really want to expand my discography and really just put stuff out there. Even if it's covers on Instagram reels, like I think I just need to create content, put that out there for people to see and create recordings so that people can listen to it. Because ever since I've been performing, even before performing, even just like singing karaoke at my grandma's house, people have told me that they wanted to listen to my music. And it's taken me so long and it still hasn't happened for me to do so. The next big step is definitely recording stuff and putting it out there so that people can find it. And People can like it, people can not like it, but just kind of giving it to the world and making it public. So thank you for being our guest here on the What's in Your Case podcast. Sam, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Or you can just tell the listeners where they can find your content. Yeah, thank you. You can find me on Instagram at still period Sam period music, spelt just as it is. and. I plan on creating more platforms for you to reach me. But for now, that's where you should still.sam.music on Instagram. 